Our scripture this morning comes from Colossians, and it's chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you seeking to know you. to be like you, to be your hands and your feet to those that we come in contact with, not only outside of church, but also in our fellowship here with one another. May we share your love, your peace, your kindness, gentleness, and forgiveness. Speak to us this morning, Lord. Amen. We have a, have a video uh, that we'll start with this morning. My job is to help new homeowners who have turned into their parents. I got into this because I was a sufferer. I turned into my dad, but I came back. And I'm here to help others come back. This is my baby right here. Dr. Rick, I'm becoming your parents. It came about where my parentology thoughts, I was coming up with so many of them, I thought, I don't need to just have this, the world should have it. So I just birthed it, you know, right out of me. Sometimes we have a victory and I, I relish those. Probably need a hacksaw at some point. No, no, no. But most of the time we don't. General rule of thumb, we throw pillows. If there's nowhere to sit, you have too many. Parentology is not an officially recognized field yet, but I think um, we're making strides in that direction. You just have to keep reminding them you are your own person. You're not your parents, you're you.
Do we really need a sign to live, laugh, and love? Yes. yes. The answer is no. I can help new homeowners not become their parents. Kiana. Nope. Koei Noah. No. Joaquin. No. It just takes practice. Give it a shot. <sighs> Do you hear that? Yeah. It's a constant battle. We're going to open a PDF. Who's next? Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, oh, okay. but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto with us. No fussing, no cussing, and no cussing. Okay, we're not gonna ask for discounts on floor models, demos, or displays. Shopping malls can be a big trigger for young homeowners turning into their parents. You ever think about the storage operation a place like this must rely on? No. They just sell candles and they're making overhead? You know what kind of fish those are? No. Uh, don't be coy. <laughs> coy fish. It can be overwhelming. Think a second. Have we seen this shirt before? Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto with us. But you know what? I'm still gonna get it. Is that a quarter? Hold my jacket. Tom, no swimming. Huh? No swimming. The airport can be a real challenge for new homeowners yeah. who have become their parents. Okay, everybody, let's do a ticket check. Paper tickets. We're off to a horrible start, but we can overcome it. We're not going to point out our houses, landmarks, or major highways during takeoff. Don't buy anything. I packed so many delicious snacks. They're... Nope. You say ballpark when group two is going to get boarded. Two hours and 58 minutes. Progressive can't protect you from becoming your parents, but we can protect your home and auto when you bundle no, with us. Someone should have left home earlier. Over 150,000 pounds of thrust in those engines. Yeah. Is any of that true? No. Who else lies about plain facts? My dad. <laughs> Those are good commercials, aren't they? Um, so did anybody get any new clothes for Christmas? Yeah, I see a couple hands. <laughs> a couple hands. Did those clothes turn you into your parents? <laughs> um, I was thinking as I was preparing this message about my granddad, it's been over 20 years since I've been able to spend Christmas with my grandfather since he passed. Um, but I remember this one Christmas, I was 13 years old and got the classic shirt box. So I knew what was coming. My granddad had this method of gift buying. He loved to bargain. And um, when he found a bargain, he usually purchased the item. And then he would put those items away, usually in the attic, and just gift them to whoever. Not really picking things out with anyone in mind. Um, and so you got what you got, usually. <laughs> there was a few exceptions. I remember one time my sister was working at a jewelry store, and he had been in town visiting. Went to that jewelry store, had my sister pick out a nice jewelry box. And he let her believe that he was buying it for my grandmother, but then she opened it on Christmas Day. So there wasn't an occasional thoughtful thing like that. But this particular Christmas Day, I get the classic shirt box wrapped, nicely wrapped by my grandmother. And I open it up, and there's this, you guys remember 
It's still around. It's still a company. But do you guys remember when Duckhead was popular? Okay, so I open this package. There's a white duckhead sweater in there, but not just any duckhead sweater. You remember the classic? It had the green ring and it had the, the duck in the middle. It said duckhead. This was a duckhead holiday sweater. <laughs> and this was before Christmas sweater contests were such a popular thing. And so I open this package to find this duckhead sweater with a big gaudy wreath on it with ornaments, flowers. I was 13 years old. <laughs> I was on the football team that year. I was coming into my own. So I took that duckhead sweater and I stuck it in the bottom drawer and never wore it again until I could appreciate it ironically <laughs> later. But I got to show you a picture of my granddad. And maybe you can understand his fashion sense a little bit. <laughs> I, uh, I like to call this picture Granddad and Grand Plaid. And uh, he was a World War II vet, fought in the Battle of the Bulge, earned a Purple Heart, earned the right to dress like that, I would say. <laughs> now, my dad, um, this is Tom Fish Sr. My dad is Tom Fish Jr. My dad's also the third-born son, so that's a different story. Um, <laughs> and my dad, he's more thoughtful with his gift-giving. But we celebrated my dad's 70th birthday a couple weeks ago. And it's funny to think about, as we were talking about my granddad, you know, I notice a lot of my granddad and my dad. Likewise... I notice a lot of my granddad and my dad in me. And in fact, just last week, as I was talking to my mother, they were getting ready to go to a Christmas party, and I could hear my dad in the background saying, we got to go, we got to go. And she said, well, your dad's saying, we got to go, the granddad's coming out. And I laughed because I do the exact same thing. And in fact, I did it this morning with Lucy and Vera on the way to church. We got to go. We're going to be late. <laughs> These things mark us, right? We put these things on. Some of them are natural things that we inherit. Personality traits, characteristics, mannerisms. But some of them are also nurtured from spending time. Just spending time with my granddad. He was a man of few words. And most of his words came across in an ornery way. But I never had to question whether or not he loved me.
I never had to question whether or not he was proud of me. When uh, I would go visit my grandfather in the summer, both my paternal and my maternal grandparents lived in the same town and went to the same church. My parents grew up in that church. And when I would visit, I would walk through the hall by myself and I would see an adult that I didn't know and they would say, I bet you're Tommy Fish's son. You look just like him. As followers of Christ, there are certain things that should mark us. They should spill over and affect all that we come in contact with. Paul wrote this letter to the Colossians, where he urged them to put on these things. Compassion. Kindness. Humility. Meekness. And patience. An important thing to note here is he is saying this in reference to how they relate to one another. He further encourages them to be patient and forgive one another just as the Lord has forgiven them. Above all, he tells them to clothe themselves with love which binds all things together in perfect harmony. He reminds them that they are called to peace in Christ as one body and urges them to be thankful. I wonder sometimes if we read about these things, the things that we see in the life of Jesus, the kindness, the compassion, Patience, man, the, for, the forgiveness. We open them up, we look at it, and we say, you know, this doesn't really suit me. This is not for me. So we put it in the bottom drawer. Paul's urging the church to put them on because those things look like Christ. Not only am I like my dad and my granddad because of my nature, I 
but because I spent time with them. Likewise, not only are we able to see these things in Jesus, but as we spend time trying to become more loving, we will be transformed. Romans 3, 12 through 18 says this, Since then we have such a hope. We act with great boldness. Not like Moses who put a veil over his face to keep the people of Israel from gazing at the end of the glory that was being set aside. But their minds were hardened. Indeed, to this very day, when they hear the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil is still there, since only in Christ it is set aside. Indeed, to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their minds. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us, with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. You know, we have four kids, so there's six people in our house. And I don't know about you, I'd like to think that it would just be the same for Kristen and I. But we always have an unending mound of laundry. <laughs> we have so many socks. We just started sticking them in a bin. And if you want matching socks, you can dig through the bin, right? <laughs> the kids' socks are in there. My socks are in there. Kristen's socks are in there. In fact, we started our Christmas uh, weekend, uh, I guess on Friday, preparing the house. And part of it was just to sit on the bed, watch a Christmas movie, and pair socks, right? It's a Christmas tradition. Um, <laughs> in our passage today, we find a list of characteristics we should be praying to embody. We go through mounds and mounds of trials, good times, bad times, struggles, and even doubt. What are we becoming? Do we hope in an eventual better circumstance? Do we hope that maybe somebody who has more faith in us will say the right prayer to fix our situation? Or do we just do the work? Pair the socks. When Paul wrote to the church 
in Colossae, he addresses them in this way. God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Jesus said that even the faith of a mustard seed can move a mountain. If you want the mountain of socks to disappear, you have to start with one sock. Maybe as we approach a new year, you've been considering a resolution to draw nearer to God and spiritual growth. It doesn't come by opening the gift of God's Word and then putting it away. Put it on. Wear it. As you begin to take steps toward transformation, know that with each step that you draw near, God draws near to you. And before you know it, you're becoming more and more like your father. As you put on new clothes. Amen.